0: What it, do, what it do, what it do, what it do, what it do This is your boy Alfie D in a place to be, y'all thought I was gone No, man, I'm back Streets Talk Podcast Streets Talk Podcast Radio Y'all need to go check that out We here again, season number two for you What you gonna do, we here We back and we ain't going nowhere Real Estate Wednesdays is about to resume We got some hot interviews coming up for you guys But let's talk about interviews The interview that I have today I'm so glad. I'm so honored. I'm so happy to have this lady stop by Streets Talk Podcast. She's filled with a lot of accolades. Start off with one. She's a board, certified, holistic health practitioner. She got so many alphabets I had to pull out the Y. <laughs> Sometimes why? Or I might use my vowels. She's a FDN, a P, a CHN. I don't even know what that is. She got a bachelor's degree from New Mexico State University. Dr. Pepper Gibson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by today. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Enjoying this nice weather we finally have here today. Awesome. Uh, Like I was telling everyone out here, you have a lot of alphabets in there You know, I had to go, you know, pull out the sometimes Why, you know, you deal You know, you deal with ADHD you, uh, SPD I never heard of SPD And ASD Can you uh, uh, elaborate that on us on, on uh, A little bit?
1: Yeah, so SPD is sensory Processing disorder and ASD Is autism spectrum disorder
0: Okay, and Just tell the people a little bit about yourself And, and a little bit of uh, what you do for a living
1: Yeah, absolutely So I am a doctor of holistic nutrition I'm board certified in natural medicine I work with children and families Who experience neurodevelopmental disorders So all of that alphabet The ASD, the SPD uh, Ticks, Tourette's, anxiety, ADHD And I really work with them to get back on the healing path naturally So instead of You know, just maybe throwing a pill at it. We're gonna really look more for the root
0: cause. Okay, I got you. So, so basically, like right now, because uh, this is great, a great topic. Because me and my friends had a conversation about this yesterday. You know, um, when we was coming up. You know, right now. You know, I came up in you know the uh, late, you know early 80s and things like that. So, and with our parents, a lot of times when kids was. Um, there was, you know, when kids was born, they didn't do run a lot of tests. That, you know, they just say, you know, give some kids some medicine, things like that. You know, he's fine, he's okay. But it wasn't a lot of diagnosis. But I see now, the, you know, they run more tests and things like that because you know they might not have looked at um, maybe the kids, um, you know, maybe have looked at the family history. Maybe you know, mothers may have been on drugs or alcoholics, or never looked at some type of the traits inside the system. And you know, they might just diagnose them with. ADHD and things like that. So what kind of thing what kind of testing and things like that is pretty much like correct testing to get you know you want to get the right diagnosis? Yes,
1: yeah, so when your child has a symptom or even a diagnosis, for me it's about looking under the hood. If you had a car with your check engine light, you're not just gonna drive around that way, you're gonna take it to the mechanic and figure out what's going on. And your mechanic doesn't just walk around the outside and say, Mm, looks good, put some gas in it, go home. You'd probably be pretty mad. So when it comes to kids, it's really about looking under the hood and figuring out where they're getting, you know, those symptoms are coming from. So I look at all sorts of things. Um, I always start with looking at genetics. I specialize in nutrigenomics, so it's the study of nutrition and genetics. And then I use stool pathogen testing. I use organic acid testing. We do tons of food sensitivity testing. You know, so many kids today are pretty sensitive to different foods, and so we can look at those different things and really kind of figure out what's going on underneath the hood
0: yep and, and you know it's, it's funny that you said about you know certain foods and stuff because I think a lot of the times certain foods that we eat you know a lot of processed foods and things like that is yeah uh, develop help us de- you know develop like uh asthma and like allergies and things like that so is it like i mean processed food you know it's fast you know it's you know, it was easy to eat and things like that you know it's quick a lot of times parents of they are in and out and things like that and can't really put together a good meal so what is the the, the 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 reason, I mean, because I started the garden last year. So what is the importance of cooking a home-cooked meal and helping that, uh, towards developing your child?
1: Yeah, so, you know, cooking at home and really being cognizant of what goes into your meals is really important. You want to focus on nutrient-dense foods. Um, and so many of those processed packaged foods that we are buying from the grocery store are not nutrient-dense. Most of them are very highly processed, which means they're stripped of their natural vitamins and minerals and then we add in synthetic vitamins and minerals which many of us have genetic uh, variants that don't allow us to be able to process those synthetic nutrients so we're not getting good nutrition and when we think about nutrition your it starts on the cellular level you need the right nutrients for every cell tissue and organ and system in the body so when you cook from home you really have that opportunity to focus on nutrient-dense foods so things like You know grass-fed meat wild-caught fish pasture-raised chicken um, pastured eggs you can do you know lots of good uh organic fruits and vegetables i always recommend organic because we spray so many pesticides on our food those pesticides really affect our microbiome so bacteria and the balance inside of our gut so being able to cook from home you know what is going into your meal
0: exactly because, uh, well, with me, I started, well, I've been, I'm going to say a Presbyterian for about five years now. And I'm leaning towards vegetarian, you know, maybe one week I'm vegetarian, next week I'm, you know, I'm back eating seafood again. So, I've I seen a lot uh, different development in my, inside my body, you know, or like my thoughts. And i would to say like my energy and things like that. So, I try to, I'm going to say preach to a lot of my friends and family and things like that on basically you are what you eat so that goes back to like um when uh, uh you know women's pregnant and, and the things that they put inside that body you know to help you know develop that child or like you know uh certain things like a lot of sugar i never knew like when you're looking at uh ingredients and you're trying to make a cake or something like that and you're looking at old oh, it might have 52 grams of sugar this is you know just say a number but then you add more more sweetness, sweetness inside of it. So now you're looking at diabetes. You're looking at uh, you know, junior diabetes and things like that. You know, in the kids developing, so they don't look at a lot of things. You know, that can you know also have something to do with hyperactive kids and also things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we really see that effect of of sugar. We see it in society. You know, sugar has zero nutritional value. It is extremely inflammatory. Um, it really leads to a lot of metabolic issues. Um, we're seeing huge rise in metabolic issues in children. So things like type 2 diabetes. Um, and we know that when you experience metabolic issues, obesity, that you are prone to disease. You, you get chronic disease more easily. You're also prone to really having more reactions to when you get sick. I and mean, then actually, vaccines are less effective on people who um, are obese, are overweight. So, you know, there's really an impact with um, being obese and, and overweight, not just for American adults, but also, you know, for children.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, th- little things that I picked up on as like a natural healing me- medicine and things like that, you know, like I said, I do 36 uh, hour of water fasting sometimes. Um, I start taking, you know, CMOS uh, capsules, uh, rack, Murdoch, um, roots, things like that, elderberry, so I try, you know, think, you know, I try to, you know, watch what I put inside of my body and, you know, try, you know, I'm not the best, you know, I'm still learning, but I try to put that onto my, you know, onto my daughter, you know, was, I say she was a Prescitarian for like 36 minutes <laughs> until she realized that she didn't want to eat fish anymore. So I try not to push it on her, but I want her to pretty much try to find it on her own. So, like right now with this you know we, we you know basically a little bit coming out of this pandemic a little bit so we have kids at home more and sitting at home getting bored you're playing video games you're going to school online you pretty much can't go outside you play with your kid you know with your friends you're doing social distancing so what are some of the things that we can you know look out for our kids and like maybe you know, stress levels or or eating, eating habits that, which can, you know, because they might be stressed and they might be taking in more different, you know, sugary foods and things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one is, yes, they are, you know, many kids are still online learning. So actually limit the screen time. If you think about how much they're on the computer during the day for school, limit that screen time in the evening, encourage them to get out ride their bike. You, know, you can, as a parent, can go for a walk with them. Encourage them to get some exercise and some movement. Getting vitamin D is really, really important. So in the morning, you know, don't sit right down in the computer. Get up, go outside, get about 20 minutes of sunlight. It's very important for actually inflammation. Vitamin D is a secosteroid, so it helps with inflammation. It's great for your immune system. Get outside. Don't Don't stay inside in your cave all day, which is what I tell my kids. Um, and then be mindful of the things that you're buying. It's super easy to go to the store. Let's throw in the Pop-Tarts, let's throw in some Cheerios, like all of the things on the shelf. So shop on the outsides of your grocery store and hit the produce, the fruit on the outside, hit the you know meat department, the deli, the eggs, you know, all of these things on the outside and stay off of those inside um, aisles at the grocery store, but really kind of focus on those things that you have in your house. So have some good snacks, blueberries, strawberries, um, you know, little cutie oranges, you know, make meals, prepare meals with your kids, teach them how to cook. You've got them at home, teach them how to cook. It is a skill they will use for the rest of their life. So there's lots of things that you can do to really encourage healthy eating habits and exercise and sunlight with your kids. And then of course, make sure that they're sleeping well. You know, kids, they grow very rapidly and they actually use a lot of nutrients, which is why nutrient dense foods are really important for children. But, you know, make sure that they're sleeping well, eight to 10 hours a night, especially, you know, teenage boys especially sleep 10 to 12 (laughs) hours a night. So really make sure that they are getting enough sleep. So look at diet, rest, exercise, and stress reduction. There's some great meditation apps that are free on YouTube. So, um, you know, look at the different ways that you can kind of de-stress.
0: It's funny that you said that, you know, I'm a creature of habit. And I find myself, when I go into the market, I hit the vegetable section, I go, you know, you know, I, I, I'm i a little bit better, you know, I hit bread, I go to the dairy, I don't drink milk and things like that, but I come around, but but the last aisle to always go to is inside, you know, to get my pasta and things like that. So I seen an interview a few years ago and same thing that you just said, someone said about um, hitting the outside aisles and things like that and, you, you know, it makes it a lot different because by the time I get, you know, to the inside aisles, I'm, my cart is pretty much full. <laughs> so, and, and it's amazing that you said that. So. Um, you know, I, I want to get into a little bit of boy, you know, a little bit about you and, and, and things that you do like on what brought you, what, what inspired you to become a holistic natural medicine doctor and work with kids.
1: So nine years ago, my oldest son was diagnosed with a neurological tick. So it's much like Tourette's syndrome. Um, but one day he was fine. And the next day he woke up and he was twitching his neck and blinking his eyes and clapping his hands. And. We were really kind of terrified as parents and of course we started doctor Googling everything. Um, and we saw 10 different doctors. We tried eight different prescriptions and you know the conventional approach just really wasn't working. So I started studying and learning. I went back to school and relearned everything I thought I knew about health and wellness. And so after that, I earned my doctorate in holistic nutrition. I specialize in nutrigenomics. So I am also the corporate clinical educator for GX Sciences where I actually teach doctors and other practitioners how to use nutrigenomic testing in their practice. Um, And because of my own family's issues and struggles, you know, it's really inspired me to work with other families because I see them out there struggling and they're trying everything they read on the internet and their doctor Googling everything. And so for me, I wanted to be that person that really held their hand and gave them that support because there was nobody to do that for us. And so, you know, that's really the reason why I work with, with kids and families. Okay. And
0: and that is great. Like, um, I, it's is little things that, you know, that I admire. I, I remember one, you know, one job that I went to, and this gentleman, he, you know, he he, he took it upon himself to learn a different language and, to, you know, to work with his, you know, work with um, his employees. And that right there, that, that amazed me. So for a person, you know, that, you know, instead of, you, you know, you hire someone to do the things that you need to do, why not? learn and and, and and invest in yourself on you know experiencing these things so you can be more educated on these things so you can be able to pass it on down to your family your kids and things like that And then you have firsthand sight on what to do with these things and helping out communities or helping out other mothers and things like that and that's amazing and like I said I'm just starting to get into a little bit of like like I said uh, natural medicine and things like that so what are some good things that you that we can try to like introduce on our kids because that's what you know i change it like they so used to sweets and all these other things so what are some some little things that we could start introducing them to try to like change that eating habits or, you know change that thinking habits and things like that
1: yeah so one of the things that i deal with pretty often is picky eaters you've got kids that love to eat you know craft macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. i mean who doesn't want a good macaroni exactly. and cheese exactly but you know some of the things that i teach parents especially of those with picky eaters is look for gateway foods so or gateway flavors so what is it about a particular food that your child loves? So your child loves pizza. Is it the bread of the pizza? Is it the tomato sauce? Is it the flavor of garlic? What is it that they love about the pizza? And then you can incorporate that into other foods. One of my favorite gateway foods is bacon. I mean, everybody loves bacon. So you can use bacon on your vegetables. You can use bacon grease. And so, you know, don't be afraid of fats. We've been told for so long that fats really aren't good for us. And that's absolutely not true. All of these uh, fat-soluble vitamins that we need, like A, D, E, we need fats. So put those fats on your vegetables. Don't be afraid to do that. But think of those flavors that your children really like, and this is a great way to get them to try some other foods. Is hey, you know, let's let's have these bacon Brussels sprouts. So that you know, using those gateway flavors is a great thing. But you know, also like you said creature of habit we are all creatures of habit so if you can consistently get them to do things like go outside in the morning for some sunlight or go for a walk every night after dinner after a few weeks you are going to have created that habit and it's going to become a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable
0: yeah yeah that's great because um I, I, you know, it's hard to get kids to eat vegetables. And I asked my daughter, teacher, you know, uh, when she was a kid, when she was in, uh, I think, pre-K. And she, one thing she told me, like with spaghetti, grind it up inside of um, spaghetti sauce. You know, a lot of vegetables, carrots and things like that. You know, they would never know that that is inside there. You know, never know the taste. So I start doing little things like that, and then I try to, you know, convince my daughter that. We well, hey, when you was a kid, you ate all these things. You loved them. You love sweet potatoes and things like that. But now it's kind of hard to do these things now, but I see now that she's getting older. She's starting to try to like mimic things that I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. I know that's one thing and then I try not to purchase juices, you know, certain things. If I do, I'll juice my own juices. Things like mm-hmm. that and try to keep good things. That, you know, I might, you know, go with, throw a lot of things away, but I'm trying. So, I guess the more, the less things I keep in my house that's negative is, I guess, you know, it might work positively for me.
1: Yeah. See, that's, and then that's really a suggestion I make to a lot of people is if you are going to eat it, just don't have it in your house. Don't buy it. No one else can eat it. And I tell parents that they're like, well, my kid loves, you know, Doritos. Well, you're the parent. You go to the store, you buy them, stop buying them. Don't buy them. Sorry, you don't have a driver's license. You can't (laughs) go get them. Just stop buying them.
0: Exactly. So, um, and like uh, uh, one thing on, cert- uh, like another thing on, like uh, let's say taking herbs and things like that, doing fasting or just trying to put better uh, minerals inside of your body. Is it good for like kids to take, like to say, you no, know, now everyone you know is the CMOS thing now, and is it good for kids to start taking herbal medicine? Was there a certain age that the kid have to be to start?
1: So, you know, for me, as far as herbs and supplements and those kinds of things, um, I love to look at genetics because we know looking at your genes, do you have an increased need of vitamin D or vitamin E or vitamin A? So, you know, knowing those things is really great, but also knowing kind of like what your child eats, um, you know, do they just eat a diet of Kraft macaroni and cheese? They might need, you know, some kind of good supplement or multivitamin However, with vitamins, it's tricky because something that you get down at you know the pharmacy, Uh most of those are synthetic vitamins. So it's really about finding good quality supplements that have um, activated nutrients in them. Um, You know, but you can do stuff like a lot of our food is uh, depleted of magnesium. So you know, Epsom salts baths. Not only are they relaxing, but they help your kids absorb a little bit more magnesium. So. There's things that we can do. Um, As far as the herbs, it really kind of depends on the herb. Um, Some herbs are things that I would say, you know, that's probably not the greatest thing for your child. Um, You know, wait till they're a little bit older. But, you know, making sure that they're getting extra, extra nutrients with a good quality multivitamin is a good place to start.
0: Okay, yeah, because that's a big thing, you know, we love the Flintstone vitamins and, you know, and things like that, you know, coming up as kids, so, uh, you <laughs> know, I try to certain, you know, certain things like y- you can get vitamins from certain fruits and vegetables and things like that, That you know, that I try to introduce, try not to, like I say, try to push what, you know, things that I'm doing, you know, trying to seek and maybe, if, you know, if it works out for me, then I can try to implement on, you know, on other people, on my kids, you know, because I use myself, I guess I wouldn't say like a, a lab rat. You know, on certain, you know, certain things and things like that. So, I mean, that's great. I, I, I mean, I appreciate everything. You know, coming on, th- on in here. So, would you tell us, you know, what you have going on right now, and anything, anything that you're working on right now?
1: So, I work individually with uh, parents with families whose kids are struggling with those neurodevelopmental disorders. Um, I, like I said, I'm also the corporate clinical educator for GX Sciences. So, we're working on some really cool. Uh, nutrigenomic testing right now. We're about to launch a very cool uh, cutting edge nutrition panel. So test your genes, you swab the inside of your mouth, you send your genes into the lab, and we will look at your lifestyle and your diet and your genes and compare them all and then come up with an individualized diet plan for you. So that's something that we are working on right now at GX Sciences. So, you know, we I've got some I'm busy, busy all the time. I've got some cool things coming around.
0: Exactly. Um, one other thing, like uh, I want to touch on a little bit before we get out here is on on autism. And mm-hmm. in I know a little bit. Of, I mean, I was reading a little bit on like uh, Darwin's theory of evolution, and he was talking about if, you know like with parents, certain parents might have a certain gene inside their body or, or trait, in they're tra- pass it on down to their kids. Is that the same as with autism? Because I don't know. I mean. I. You know, as a kid, I mean, you know, you hear a little thing like we we just always see, you know, that's a hyperactive kid. We didn't know exactly what autism is. But now they pretty much got more of a name on on to it. They actually it's more light put on to it. So can you explain a little bit about autism?
1: So, you know, there's not actually a 100 percent cause of autism. You know, there's been lots of studies on autism. And there's not 100% that, yes, this is genetic, no, this isn't genetic. So for me, when I'm working with families whose children are on the spectrum, there are a lot of factors we can look at in your genes. And so we know that you get one gene from your mom, one gene from your dad, and just like a computer, your genes have a code. So if you get one wrong-coded gene from your mom and one wrong-coded gene from your dad maybe you're more predisposed to chronic aggressive inflammation or maybe your body cell recycling system doesn't work really well. So for kids on the autism spectrum there's actually multiple factors. So one it can be their genes. We can look at are they predisposed to chronic aggressive inflammation? Two it can be their diet. You know what are they eating? And you know another big factor for children on the spectrum is gut health. So you know if you have Poor gut health, it is definitely going to affect your brain. Um, your brain, your gut and your brain are connected. So for every one signal, your brain sends to your gut. Your gut sends ten, 10 signals to your brain. So your gut is very pretty, is bossy. So if you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria, you have some kind of pathogen, um, you know, we may not have clarity in our brain. We may have a lot of brain fog and, and issues focusing. So. There's really a lot of factors when it goes, when it comes to working with kids on the spectrum where it's, you know, not all genetic. There are other other things that go into that.
0: Okay, exactly, because I know, you know, like, you know, certain things, but because it's, I guess it's like you're saying, it. you know, it's hard to figure out, pinpoint where it comes from because you can maybe think, you know, a child might like say hyperactive or you might just be. Just reacting on something might be going on inside that child's life like that. So is the the duties, different tests and things like that. Is you know, is amazing you know how far that we didn't came from the 30s, 40s, and 50s to the kind of technology that we have now, especially with uh, ADHD and 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 things like that. Because we never knew exactly what it was. You know, you know, back in school, you, oh, I'm bored. I don't feel like it. But you never knew that you had a problem with focusing. And, and things like that so what are some of really the signs because you know you hear people joke a lot about oh yeah I had ADHD I don't you know I have short attention span all the kind of thing but actually it's a really a serious thing and what are some of the signs to you know the, before you know you might see it before you want to go get checked out
1: yeah you know so a lot of kids have a harder time just focusing you know maybe they can't and it, it varies it's a little bit different for everybody but You know, maybe they can't sit still or maybe they just can't complete their their schoolwork. Um, You know, a lot of the times I say, does your child have issues multitasking? Like if you gave them three steps, go do this, this, and this, could they do those three steps or are they going to get to step one and the other two are out the window because they've gotten sidetracked doing something else? Um, And so, you know, a lot of kids with ADHD really have a harder time like they can maybe sit down and do legos they can focus on a particular thing but they have a harder time focusing on everything else um, you know and some kids they have this hyperactivity they have to get up from the table they can't sit down and eat a meal um, And so you know it really kind of varies from from client to client that i work with but there's definitely you know if if your schoolwork is struggling if your teachers like they cannot sit still they cannot focus they cannot get past two math problems You know, maybe it's something to look into, but for me, it's not just like, oh my gosh, you have ADHD. Here's, you know, here's your pill. Here's your program at school. It's okay. Why are we having ADHD issues? So one of the big things for me is you need protein in your diet to create neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters help us create serotonin and dopamine. All of our neurotransmitters, these feel good transmitters that help us focus and function. So I noticed at school, the breakfast menu is crumb cake. Well, that's not enough protein to help our kids sit down and focus and function. It's mostly sugar that's going to inflame their brain. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, let's just simply start with what you're eating for breakfast. Are your kids eating eggs and bacon? Or are your kids eating you know, a piece of steak? Or what is it your kids are eating for breakfast? Are they eating crumb cake? So maybe there's other underlying issues as to why they cannot sit down and focus and function in the classroom.
0: Exactly. So you know, um, is it a lot of people? You know, I, I don't. You know, they they always say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you know, you get your think. You know, bre- you know your day started. Is it really important to start your day off with a meal? Or you know, some people might want don't eat till after twelve or noon or things like that. So how important is it to have a good meal early in the morning, getting your day started?
1: So. I really am of the opinion that there is no one-size-fits-all diet. What works for me may not work for you and may not work for your neighbor, but, you know, it works for me. So when it comes to kids, it's kind of like, okay, do you have focus and function issues? So would starting out with a protein-rich breakfast be really important for you to go to school and sit down and, and focus? But you know, fasting actually has a lot of really great benefits. One of the greatest benefits of fasting is that it helps your body to turn on your cell recycling system, um, which we all need. So fasting is great. And I tell parents, like for kids, 12 hours of fasting is very, very easy. You can do kitchen closes at seven, doesn't open till seven the next morning. You've got 12 hours of fasting in there. They've you know, wound down in the evening, they've had their sleep, they get up, they can have breakfast the next morning. So when we think of fasting, it doesn't, especially with kids, it doesn't have to be, you know, a 36 hour fast. Um, but really looking at how well your child does with, with focus at school. My 13 year old will have a cup of coffee in the morning and go to school and not eat till lunchtime. And he functions great. That just works for him. So it's really a matter of looking at you know if they're having focus issues, if they're having these ADHD issues, change up their breakfast and see if that helps.
0: Exactly, because you know you'll have you know parents rushing out in the morning time, hey, grab you know this fruit bar or you know something like that, you know these sugary things, and we like mm-hmm. say we don't look at this, you know this could be a part of this can be enabling you know the problem and things like that, so we don't look at these things so. Be you know, the, the the sugary things, and I just preach so much about putting sugar. in but I always try to do natural sugar. I, you know, I I do maple syrup. It has to be grade D maple syrup. You know, I I try not to do artificial flavor because I just look at, like I say, when I once I cut out a lot of things in my diet, I just start to see the way I was feeling and the way I was focusing, and how I had more clear minded of things, like say you are what you eat. And that's how I feel. And like I say, things will be, I feel a lot more clear. So that's why I looked at it. I try to preach to, you know, a lot of people, kids, things like to tell you kids, eat this. Do, you know, do this because this is gonna make you feel. They don't understand what I'm saying until they actually go through it.
1: Yep, and you know, it really makes a difference for me. I think, you know, the younger that we start them, the more they realize how food impacts their body and how food makes them feel. And really, if you are in tune with your body, you know, if you eat a Snickers bar and in 20 minutes you feel like garbage, you know, you, you can associate those things. But it's about, you know, being in tune with your body. And I think when you start kids younger, they definitely can tell you like, oh, that doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to eat that again.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know, they say that, you know, that most impressionable age, I guess, is like around seven, things like that. You know, this is the best time to start putting things into, your, you know, your kids here because it's going to stick with them forever. You know, they're like, you know, they're like a sponge. They just want to soak up things. They just want to learn. And we just have to just stay patient and teach them these things. And so you just have to be mindful and, and watch your kids and things like that. So let's give everybody your your uh, all your contact information. Like you say, what you going, what you have going on, where they can be able to find you at.
1: Yeah, so you can find me at www.regenerating.health. Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at Regenerating Health. So you can find me there. I do a free discovery call um, with potential clients before we meet so they can decide if what I do is a good fit for them. Um, but that, those are the best ways to find me.
0: Uh, exactly. Well, I, would, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I would love to have you back on to talk more about health and kids and, sure. you know, more about activities and things like that and vitamin D. Because <laughs> that's a big thing right now, and it's vitamin D. A lot of people are not getting a lot of it, so I would love to have you back on. I really appreciate you coming, stopping by, and just dropping a lot of this knowledge. Like what, and this is basically what the, my podcast is about. Because a lot of people don't know where to find a lot of information. Um, some people, you know, the news is not going to tell you everything. The newspaper is not going to tell you everything. You have to pretty much get out there and do the work. So I just thought I'd just help and try to get to the people that can't really get the information and bring it to them.
1: Yeah, anytime. I would love to come back. Thank you for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. Thank you for stopping by Streets Talk Podcast. Dr. Gibson is here. Please stop by her website. Please stop by a website please it's a lot of information going youtube it's a lot of informational videos that's there that's gonna be able to help you with your kids and everything If you have any ideas you think the kids you know may be suffering from maybe autism adhd and everything reach out to dr gibson please it's been an honor i really appreciate everything thanks for stopping by streets talk podcast